Hey, 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 welcome back to Grow Through What You Go Through. It's Courtney, and today is a happy, happy Sunday because it's a three day weekend. Woo! I felt like I had to get so many chores done in such a short span because I'm, t- you know, like I'm typically used to the, the short weekends and like, oh, I have to do this, this, and this. And I, unfortunately, I woke up later than usual, but I was happy I slept in. But for some reason, I thought it was gonna. It was Monday, and then I had therapy at eleven, so I like I rushed my morning activities, and then I logged on, and I was like, "Wait a minute, my own therapy session is tomorrow." So I'm all over the place. So then I just kind of sat down and chilled out. Anyways, I don't know why I ramble like that, but um, we've crossed over the hump, and I hope that you guys liked last week's episode on vulnerability. It's something that's you know really hits home for me. And it's something that I was kind of basing this week's episode off of too. And because I, I know I had spoke so so much about being your true authentic self and being vulnerable and being open with people. That's how you make good connections. So this morning I was thinking about, you know what? Why don't I do an episode on values and kind of talk about how they go hand in hand with, with each other and how you become your authentic self. So that's what we will do. So, you know, for starters, when I say values, I always expect people to know what I'm talking about and what I'm referencing, but I, I, for, I, I don't know why, but I keep like, I'm really honing into like horoscopes lately and I keep saying, well, I'm a Leo, so I expect everybody to know what I know and like, I have like a, I'm like my own center of you know, like the world revolves around me kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't get why people like, I'm kind of rude in a way, which doesn't make sense since I'm such a caring and like, I think about other people person, but I think that it like, I tie back to myself being a Leo and being very self-centered and not understanding why not everyone is like me. And I have to take a step back from that and really like, Oh, some people don't haven't had schooling to talk about this kind of stuff or, this wasn't a priority when they were kids or this wasn't their family thing was to talk not to talk about feelings or what whatnot. But for me, I've made it my whole world and it has helped me to who I have become today. So I wanted to give y'all a chance to understand where I come from when I talk about values or what you know what my values are, how values can guide yourself and what as well as how to help kids develop values and learning their sense of self and self-esteem. So here we go. I know that you guys are used to my drill that I usually like to find things at the beginning of these episodes. So I wanted to speak to what values are and what that definition may look like. And it, I kind of explain it this way in general, but what I had seen when I had looked it up is that their individual beliefs they're the, your highest priorities for yourself, and they help drive your behaviors in life. Um, they also ca- cause you to look inward and align yourself with what guides you. Like, every single action that you take or everything you say comes sculpted from your values, in my opinion. And there's a lot of, a lot, you know, co- you know, a copious amount of people that don't have alignment with any of that, so that's why... People like myself who have been healing and who have been growing can put people into boxes because, and we kind of see them as like shapeshifters or chameleons that change everywhere because they haven't found their true sense of self, especially kiddos. They don't know what they're doing, right? They don't really know who they are. So I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to the rest of you that might not be where I am or that are growing and to just, you know, take your time. And for those of us that are more like me, make sure that you take a step back and save space for those who might take a little bit longer than we have with becoming ourselves. Because it's not fair because you feel judgment and then it, it, it steers off the discourse of life too. If you're not giving other people patience just like you gave yourself or I don't know, you're just like prejudging before a person can show you who they really are or find themselves, right? So that being said, and how I, like, sometimes I come off, I don't know the right word, but sometimes I seem like I look at myself better than other people, and 
I've been called out for it, and I definitely have called myself up for, out for it late, lately because that isn't fair. I think everyone needs their own journey, and just because they're not where you're at doesn't make them a bad person, or is it there, there is no room for judgment there, and I catch myself, you know, like, I'm, I'm not better than these people, and they're different. They could be different types of people, but that doesn't make either one of us bad people, or they shouldn't be judged. I don't know. I'm really, this year has, I've really looked inward more so than before, and I wanted to connect to my own values, but in in and within my values, I want to be less judgy of those that don't have those that don't don't have the same ones as myself, and to leave room for where they can come to me and talk about how to align themselves or talk about developing values and not come off in a way where they wouldn't feel comfortable. If that makes sense, like I always want to be a safe space for people, and in in order to do that, I have to be better. I have to be better at my condescending tone. I have to be better at so many other things. And you'll hear me as I go. I'll probably keep referencing something like that. But yeah, I've definitely tried to help my self-esteem. And I believe that I've become really comfortable and confident with who I am. And I even talked to my mom today. And I said, I must have had some of these values that I that I have today from when I was a child because I do not remember being awful and mean and rude and calling people ugly. I don't remember being mean. So I feel like I've always had this comfortability in who I am. And um, a lot of people say that people are mean or that they judge or that they, you know, call people things because of it's how they feel. It's deep down, it's what they feel about themselves. So when kids are running around be like, you're ugly, you're fat that's probably coming from a projection from what they feel about themselves or the people at their home. You know, there's a lot of things to be broken down to, but I never was, I never, ever, ever, ever was really mean besides apparent to my sister and Michaela, Maddie's sister, you know, our little sisters are the only ones that we were really mean. Well, I was really mean too. And I took a lot of things out on them, but I've always had this sense of self that I liked I remember besides, you know, I know referencing the eating disorder stuff, like I had trouble with my body, but I never thought I was ugly or I never, I just never wanted to make fun of other people or bring them down with me. That wasn't my MO, but I really, this year itself, I felt more confident in I've done a lot of reflection and being on my own, which my friends had told me I've had to do for so many years, but I was bouncing around like romantic relationships and not taking the time to look inward and be comfortable with who I've become and really align and look into what my values were and what my sense of self was and how I am by myself rather than relying on spending time with people and trying to hustle things to move faster and and reach goals and all of that I've taken the time like I've even at like every day I ask myself like what can I do next like what's the next goal or what should I be doing at almost 28 years old and I've just been chilling I don't want to really make a life discourse like I have accomplishments that I want to accomplish but I've become okay with even if I don't I'm very happy with myself and where I'm at and I don't want to rush the process of you know I don't want to rush anything and going through my 20s I'm reaching a goal this summer without even thinking about it. It's going to Europe, you know, like traveling before I really get into more of life. What are they? I don't know. What, what is what is the game of life called them? Like checkpoints or whatever. Like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not in a rush to get married. I'm not in a rush to have kids, even though I want to at some point, but I'm also okay if I don't. But travel was definitely something I wanted to do in my teenhood first before I do in that. So I think I'm pretty much nailing it. And I got my dream job by 20, 26 years old. So that's an accomplishment in itself. So here on out, we'll go with the flow. And I, and I think teaching someone like myself, you know, like the control aspect of self, teaching myself not to control every point of life is really helping me. Um, Cause that aligned to my, you know, anxiety and things like that. But now I'm just, at peace I feel more at peace and I keep saying that no matter all the other things that are being thrown at me or the new discoveries that I'm hearing about my family or my friends I'm just chilling and it kind of creeps me out I've asked myself I'm like why am I not freaking out because there's no reason to anywho 
you know, with that confidence, I've, I've done this for the past two years at the beginning of the year, I've created a list of values, like core values, like things that I, that I really want to be or what I want people to perceive of myself. And I circle like a top 10 or top five each year. And for the past two years, I've had these specific core values that I I try to align with every day. And I'm going to share them with you. And then I'm going to talk about how I had found those values for myself and why they're so important to me. And we'll go from there. Woo. So my core values specifically, my top five, let me see. So I have nine listed here, but I'm, I'm going to share at first. I'm, these are the ones that I've continued to align with a lot and that's being authentic. Like, so authenticity, genuineness, growth, compassion and empathy are some of my top tier ones and then for the past even I haven't noticed it but the ones that I also align myself with and I feel like I speak about too much that I've forgotten about them are health and fitness obviously justice change and service those are those are the four that have always been four or five that have just been me and I've never really labeled them or looked inward to why or that their values for me because I just am I I follow those values more than anything but a combination of all nine of these is what you get every day when you meet Courtney you know I'm I'm someone that just presents with these all the time like people I'm so predictable because I think I've aligned myself so for so long that people just know who I am and sometimes I get made fun of for it and that's okay because I've I like that I'm so boldly me right Um, and then, so because I've been so comfortable, I know I had referenced this at the beginning, but I tend to judge, you know, I try to, I I tend to judge people that shift because when I say authentic and genuine, I expect you to be the same person in every location, every setting to every type of person, whether they're older, they're your age, their kids, um, at work or when you go to a concert or when you're just sitting at home, I expect people to be that person through and through, just like I am myself. Like the kids, the kids at my school, my boss, you know, the principals at my school, they get Courtney. Like I never change who I am. And I'm so strange in the best way. Like how I talk to my students is how I talk to my friends. And that could, that could sound really stressful or not great of myself to be like that but I think that it makes me mean it makes me human and it makes me feel better because I want to talk to my students like I talk to my friends and trust me vice versa I give I give advice and I talk about mental health outside of school just as much as I do in in school so I and I just feel so comfortable being me I'm gonna dance weird outside of school I'm gonna dance weird in school I'm gonna make jokes the same way I'm gonna you know, like sometimes I even say things like so calmly, no matter where I'm at, I'm like, oh, I got to go pee. You know, I'm just very outward. I'm very me. And I ha- I just have a hard time with those that can't do that, that, you know, that they have a, you know, customer service voice or they put on a fake smile for certain settings, but then they're miserable. I don't think that's fair because it can confuse a person of not really knowing you. However, from the other place some people are nervous to be who they really are because they're afraid of judgment they're afraid of being something that people will go around talking about or that they will judge and I hold space for those people because the moment I stopped caring what other people think of me the happier I've become you know a few years ago I started this journey when I deleted Instagram I didn't want to compare anymore I had to let go of that people only post the happy parts of their life on social media And I didn't want to compare. I don't want to, and you know, like the editing and the, the not like just not being you and it it can really harm your brain. Like I was like comparing myself to people's weight or how they looked or that they were dating somebody and I wasn't and I felt alone and that people were getting married. Like it's just not fair. It's just like everyone's on that own journey and I don't want to see that. I don't care. I don't, and I'm happy for my friends that have done those things, but I just, I, What's the point of comparing? It's hurtful and it's really devastating for your own brain. It takes a toll on you. 
and I've taken, I took myself out of that equation and I've been happier. I've been more at bliss. I'm like on my own journey and I don't want to be not myself. I don't want to act a certain way. And I had realized that when I was in the peak of not like the lack of confidence, I fibbed more. I would lie more to try to talk myself up or it was more of fibbing and I just don't like fibbing either. And I had been known for fibbing, but now I'm just me. I will say, nope, I don't want to go. Not for me. Don't want to go out. Don't want to be there. I'm all set. I'm going to go work out instead. I just am me. So, but it was really hard for a while. And now I'm like, I think we've all been through phases of, of people pleasing and, and then it comes out in a bad way. I used to, so when people would ask me to drive, like, I don't want to drive. Like I was just so, so grumpy because I had been like keeping things inward keeping things inside that I should have been saying more so than holding it until a blow-up point. So then that led to this journey of being me. You see what I'm, get, I'm getting at? You, the build-up, the getting you there. Anyways, you know, kind of speaking on the aspect of my core values, I'm going to kind of talk through ways that you can look more inward, the ways that you can figure out what your your values and morals are. And it starts with it. There's some like there's some like moral and value based quizzes, but I actually think that these questions are more helpful and taking the time to look at a list of things and look in and see which values that you connect with, which ones make because I think like when you have like a list of a hundred values, you're probably gonna circle but like ninety you're going to circle a bunch that makes sense like of who you want to be, but then you have to dwindle it down to a few that you can actually fully write like a few sentences about how you sh- you show it, how you are that, how you carry that when it comes up on your day-to-day basis and go from there for like the top 10 or 5. But these questions like if you've never touched on the surface of any of these things, I would I would recommend you start with the giant list to see which ones you align with the most. And then ask these questions. And this part, this this section right here is for adults mostly, ones that want to find their true selves. And guess what? It's never too late. You can be 50 like my mom. You can be 70 something like my grandma. You could be a teenager. You can be in your 20s. And that could be your set for now. But each ever so, it, it changes as you go through your phases, right? And then you can ask yourself every year. We can change in a year. I haven't specifically, but I could in the next few years. I could be all different, you know, and like, and just go from there. But these are for adults. So these questions are what you can ask yourself. So I'm going to say the question. I'm going to answer it myself and go from there. So the first question that it, it states for, you know, finding out which values make sense to you and morals that you align with, it asks what is the what has been one of the most meaningful moments in life and why or meaningful for moments in general like what sticks out to you when you think of meaningful so for me i think for that one my meaning for for moments have been in my work you know even in my internship or even at party city like the compassion that had come from you know people coming in to get balloons for the, a graduation party or a wedding or a funeral i built compassion for why people do what they do or how they grieve or how they feel or how they celebrate and feeling other people like empathy and compassion feeling for others and putting yourself in their place or connecting with them in the in their emotions right so those have been the top meaning for moments is is being someone that another person vents to or a person that they come to you and they feel comforted by you because you're so authentic and nice and and there. And then other things that I can think of is service, like how I like to help people and my meaningful moments are are seeing a shift in understanding, especially with kids, it, it is so fulfilling when kids try to do the things that you've suggested and they look up to you and they want to shift, they want to be more like you, and they they sense your confidence, and they sense that you genuinely care about them and want to be there for them and want to help them through these tough moments of their life. When people, you know, like my kiddos come in on Mondays and they say, Miss Smith, I tried everything you said, or I wrote this paragraph to talk about my feelings, or I want to let it out with you, or can I tell you something? Look at what I tried with my friend. Look at what I tried with my mom. It 
I can't even explain the sensation that that gives me or that that happiness that I had done something for someone else. Um, it's just so fulfilling. It makes me feel like I have a purpose. It makes me feel that I'm doing the right thing for for others and that I'm putting them before me. And for me, that it it just it's I just I have no words to really describe. Even the the simplest compliment or the simplest try of something that I've suggested to see that these kiddos are going to be on a better path than I was at their age. And that's just so meaningful. Like, I don't think I could ever go from this kind of job to sitting at a desk or, or making fun or being like, I just, I just couldn't be, I just, I'm so personable. I like to be part of people's change in their phases of life. I want to be remembered as someone that like, she got me here or I wouldn't be here without this person. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I know that others of you in the helping fields will have that same sensation and be like, wow, this is why I do what I do, right? So that's the first cross, John. And that kind of goes for all, you know, I can have a meaningful moment for every single piece and every single value, you know, like even health and fitness, like a meaningful moment was when I finally was like, you know what, I, I'm doing this, I'm doing this fitness and exercise to be healthy. I'm not doing it to just be skinny. I'm doing it to be healthy and have fitness and be alive for, you know, hopefully my future kids and my grandkids and the, you know, aligning and, and looking and seeing why I do each step of my day because of my values and what it will come to in the future. Thorn, the next question, oh, here, you can hear me flipping, flipping my notes. And that, so this is, this is a good question. I like this one because like it puts me on the spot and it makes me accountable, which could also be another one of my values, accountability. It says, what moments did you feel least satisfied? And I kind of get the ick with this one for myself because there have been so many moments where I wasn't my true authentic aligned self. And the moments I think of is when my anxiety, when I've allowed my anxiety to take over and I turn into this crazy person and I use that word, you know, lightly because I'm calling it myself, but where I spiral and I start being rude and I've had pent up feelings because I didn't communicate right. Or when I fib and, and like, what is the point of fibbing or why am I, <laughs> those moments make me feel so yucky. Or when I see myself judging somebody and not understanding their perspective but we're human, we make mistakes, but the least satisfied stuff that I do is that in moments of distress, I really pull away from my family. I kind of let them know I'm better with communication than I am with showing up. So when people are going through like death or illness or stuff like that, I pull away. And I've kind of asked myself, I was like, do I not value family? Like, does that mean I don't value each individual person? No, it means I just don't put my family on a pedestal like I don't feel like it is my job to take care of my family members and I like I cringe a little bit because I know how much family is valued to my mom and my grandmother and like the way that we were supposed to be raised but I feel like I'm an outsider in that way and I feel that I I'm trying not to feel guilty or bad because I don't align that way other times is just when I you know like I fib I fib about stupid things or I over explain things and like I feel like I'm not being authentic like I I beat myself up when I leave those situations like why did I even say that why did I fib why why couldn't I just be honest like why do I feel like I'm gonna be judged if I'm honest and I feel like that was more of my past self I I don't I think this year I've been doing a great job of just being honest even with the things that I like I've become better at telling the truth rather than and I sometimes I would like omit certain details to things to make somebody else look worse than I am but when I'm just as guilty or that I gotta put myself on blast as much as I put another person on blast or just say we weren't compatible because I did this or and I think that I'm hoping that my friends have been impressed because I've I've fixed things to be more authentic to be real to not make it seem like I'm always perfect because I'm not and I would never have perfection as one of my values or want people to think of me in that way. I don't want to be perfect and that I make mistakes too. I and and one of my students called me out the other day. He's like, "You act like you're so perfect." And I like, "I don't. I don't think I'm perfect. I just know what I know and I'll stand on my ground. I'm very, you know, justice oriented." And 
but I don't like I worry about when I become condescending or when I talk down on people or that like I talk to them like my opinions and thoughts are the only ones that matter and that like makes me feel icky that is my least satisfying moment and I want to keep working on that to make sure that I don't belittle people there's the word I don't want to be belittle people or make them feel like I want to educate not belittle you know like I want them to learn why I think the way that I do and why I have the opinions but I don't want to make people feel like they have to change their opinions or thoughts but but just hear me without feeling judged right and then the next question to align with some values is what stories inspire you? And I've always been inspired. It's, I mean, and it makes so much sense why I'm in the social, social um, justice space, why I'm in the therapy space, why I'm in the mental health space because of those that have inspired me and the people that come to mind. Like ever since I was little, I was so drawn to you know, Martin Luther King Jr. and Harriet Tubman and those that just stood up for women's rights, you know, the women's suffrage movement, um, like getting through segregation and just human rights, like fighting for people's rights with words, you know, the way that you learn how to be a better speech giver or you just the intelligence that comes from reading books. I've always loved reading books and feeling the empathy that people have for others or standing up for what's right, even if it could get you harmed in the making. I was always inspired, you know, like even Marilyn Monroe, her mental health, the stuff that she would put out there. Um, you know, Kim Kardashian, my girl, like I'm upset. Like I, I think I'm always going to be obsessed with the Kardashians and I'll move through each one, but stories like that inspire me. You know, that she started from a sex tape and now she's letting, she's helping, she's a lawyer that helps people that were wrongfully accused get out of prison. That's wild. That's so, and that I just, I'm so happy that I look up to people like that. The ones that save others, the ones that put others first, the ones that want to change the world because that's the legacy that they're going to carry. And I think the most inspirational part of these people is that they didn't care about the legacy piece. They cared about the other people they were fighting for. I've always been inspired by that, you know, like social workers and therapists and teachers, like teachers are heroes. They're, the kids are always going to remember their, their teachers that have pushed them along, that taught them human rights and values and, and how to be a better person, how to be nice, kindness, things like that. Though I just never will get over those, those stories. And I want to be that person. I want to be the one that is remembered for that. I don't even want a legacy, but I want to be someone that puts instills happiness and kindness into someone's brain to help make a better future because once we lose hope in that it's over but I always carry a piece of hope because there's always good within the bad and I just like this look at how far we've come because of those people that had stepped to the plate or look what 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 space we're in now you know like just incredible chef's kiss keep learning read books whether they're nonfiction or fiction in in keep doing the things that you do I could be a preach you know I could be a preacher you know I could be the next Martin Luther King Jr. minus assassination RIP I could do that I could be the Brene Brown I could be a Jay Shetty I could be a Kim Kardashian watch me or Red Table Talk I could be like Jada Smith and like putting vulnerability and things on the table to help make a person more open and put them on a better path anyways wow then the next question for your moral setting is what makes you angry? This kind of goes in that category of me being condescending and looking down on people. Some I just have like like I said I've had the toughest time when people are rude about human rights. That is something that will just fuel me to no extent of not look like not like caring too much about what other people are doing. Like worry about your damn self, mind the business that pays you. I get so frustrated and I get so angry about that type of stuff because I'm not gay, but my best friends are. So when you start talking poorly and like you're sharing your opinion about not liking them because of who they love, wrong. You're going to make me angry. I'm going to like, my voice is going to get stern. I'm going to get angry. You know, using the R word, using the F slur, using the N word. I just don't understand that in anyone's vocabulary. So I lose my patience with that. And, like, I talk down on people because I'm like, why the hell aren't you, like, why? Why do you feel like you have to be so, use those words that are literally meant to oppress people, 
that are used that are meant to hurt them why are you using that in your everyday vocabulary and i get so mad when they're like oh i don't mean it to be racist or homophobic then why are you even saying it and don't even give me the story that oh i don't want to like it's it's just the word it's not going to hurt people you've learned those words because of that that they are hate speech that those have been used to hurt people and why are you not having empathy enough to understand that those words hurt those people and and just to put those people before you. There are so many other words in the English language that you can use. So I get like very like agitated and heated, but some people don't have the like some people don't look beyond their privilege to learn about other people's feelings because they haven't been impacted. Right? Like they're in the front of the classroom. They don't have to look behind them to see that there's people behind them that get hurt every day because of that language or that you know that there's so much discrimination against those types like different groups of people. And I have to give space to teach them rather than yell. Because once you're yelling, you're done. You're not productive. You're not going to get anywhere with your thoughts if you yell at people or if you talk the way that I do. And I'm getting a little bit better than that because I have to talk in a kinder way when I'm teaching that lesson to children. So I have to do it with older people too. But things like that make me angry. Like, quote unquote, words don't hurt. Yes, they do. And we can be better because why spread hate when we can spread love? Leave people be. Let them do what they got to do. It doesn't affect you. It is what it is. Let people be happy. Everyone in this country deserves to be happy. Everyone in this world deserves to be happy because we're only here for a short amount of time. And how would you feel if people were working so hard to put you down and make you not want to exist anymore and make you feel bad for who you love and and beyond that? Like it just it just rattles my brain. So that is how justice has become something and compassion and empathy have become so much a part of me because I never want to be in a situation where I'm just silent because I, I acknowledge my privilege and I want to make sure that others acknowledge their privilege or that they support those and help those that are in need that are oppressed that are pushed down because it's not up to the oppressed to have to teach those lessons it's for their allies like myself or other social workers or teachers to stand up for them too and to put that as one of our top values because we're teaching America, we're teaching people. When we're in these professions, we are teaching people how to be better humans, as we should. There should be peace in this world and love, right? So that kind of goes to the next question for moral building, and that's the ideal world. I wish there was just peace. I wish there was just understanding. I wish there was love. I wish there was, you know, get like that space to allow people to speak when they want to, to... <sighs> It, it would it would just be a nicer place where there's no fighting, there's no drugs, there's no violence, there's no gun gun violence, there's no hate crimes, there's more mental health care and just looking out for one another. And I, I know people like reference like, oh, it was so much like that back in the day. I don't believe that's true. I think there's always been this stuff, but we just have more coverage of it. There's more that is seen now because of social media and stuff like that. And, it can, and, and sometimes it pushes you so far down that you lose hope. But the good outweighs the bad, in my opinion. And just talking and just talking in spaces that need more explanations, that need more love and just and, and education. Sometimes it's frustrating to have to repeat myself all the time. I'm like, well, why does that bother you? Or why do you think that human rights are being like why does that affect you why are we getting mad that target is selling lgbtq clothes why do we care when we are exposed to everything but that and if you are the person that was like oh my god i'm gonna turn gay because you see the lgbtq stuff that's a you problem because i can walk right into that section and i like men i am very straight and I always say that's unfortunate. I always say, oh, because all my friends, like, I'm probably the only one that's not any bisexual or anything like that. And they make fun of me. They're like, oh, you're straight. But, like, that, that's not going to make me gay because I don't think I'm impressionable. I think I'm very confident and comfortable with who I am that I'm going to support anybody. I'm going to tell you that, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to the fact that it's not being shoved down our throats and you're hearing that because you're getting uncomfortable in spaces like that. Why do you feel uncomfortable? That's a you problem. But people don't want to go inward, so they like to project and, and call things out and want things to all be the same or, like, my opinions are the only things that matter. Ah, the world is changing. It's going in the wrong direction. Like, mind the business that pays you. Mind your business yourself. My, who cares? Who cares? We should all just come together in love. Like, why is that bothering you so much? Why are you going frantic because of Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ rights? 
like make that make sense like you explain to me why you feel so uncomfortable when the world started based off of other people's opinions anyways so these are new opinions who cares if they're not yours then they're not yours and walk away but other people are allowed to have those like why does the world have to be one one thing you know I like stepping out of my house and I like being me and I don't care what's going on really besides wanting to help these people feel comfortable in life too and not wanting people to die because of what they, who they love or what, what they look like or their skin color. Please ask yourself why that makes you uncomfortable and where that may have come from because it was probably your home. It was probably the peers that you've gathered yourself around. You can like become more intelligent, learn each day and be better. Teach your kids to be better. I think there's from a lot of the things that I've seen so far, parents need to do better. We need to have these open conversations. We have to work together. It takes a village. We have to teach these kids because they're they're indulging in, you know, TikToks and not understanding things and not and too afraid to ask questions of their parents or understand more. Create a safe space where they can talk as well as educators ourselves. Call parents. Let them know what their kids are saying at school. It's not quote unquote a snitch if you it's gonna help the kid in the long run. I think there are so many parents that need to be on the same wavelength as teachers and what they've seen in the classroom because I'm probably betting a million dollars that these kids aren't going home and saying these LGBTQ and racist jokes in front of their parents because they would be mad and I think that we should have a call out in all angles because the more that it is repeated the more that everyone learns adults and kids right if I call you out once for saying the r word and you say it again I'm going to keep educating you until you're like oh that makes sense I I understand that now I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable I don't know who's around me I can slip up in spaces that I shouldn't and I should just erase this from my vocabulary or ask questions, like ask people research. I can send you, I can, if you need anything in that sort, I can send you references. I can show, you know, statistics about mental health and LGBTQ rights and Black Lives Matter stuff. I can educate you in any kind of way that you want, but you have to choose to be open to education because once your brain is shut off, I've said this numerous times you're going to become a part of the problem if you're not continuously growing with the times or looking into things or getting more education on what's to come in the next generations and, you know, be smart about it. Be smart for the the future. Be smart for our children, right? Anyways, I love my tangents. Then the last questions of how you figure out your values is what kind of accomplishments are you most proud of in your life? I've always felt accomplished with being the friend that people come to to talk. I always felt accomplished when I can speak in front of somebody and have the confidence that I've gotten. I feel accomplished by reaching my job that I've reached, my dream job. I've I've wanted to be a school social worker since 10 years ago, since I graduated from, or I wanted to be in the helping field, the service field, I'd be a therapist, things like that since 2012. So that's already 11 years, right? And I feel accomplished by reaching that goal and how many times I've get compliments and I've gotten more, I've gotten more acknowledgement this year than I have being in this field the entire time because I feel like I've become so confident in what I do and I feel that I'm making a difference, I'm making a change and that people look, that kids are looking up to me and they're thankful that an adult is there in their space understanding them. And I, th- I feel very accomplished that people ask me questions and want to have moral debates and want to talk deeply when they're with me. I think that's an accomplishment. I hope to go further and, you know, get myself involved in more of service and more help and go, you know, beyond just New York State. I want to do more for everybody out there. But the accomplishments I've already completed, I'm very proud of myself for finishing school when I was told that I shouldn't go to school. I feel very accomplished with learning where my voice is and being able to speak up and talk to like be on the side of all people and look at all perspectives, give people a shot and call call anyone out as I see it. I'm not afraid of anybody. I will stand up to you, whether you're, you know, my friend's parents or like, and I can do it in a way that doesn't make people feel like shit. In my opinion, I feel that I'm very like, besides my judgmental part that I spoke about earlier, I don't want to judge or be condescending, but I can also talk in a tone that's like, passive not passive aggressive what is it assertive that it doesn't make them feel shitty but that I call them out enough to understand that it is an issue that they might want to look into and I know that my other friends can speak to that 
I don't like to make people feel bad for the mistakes they made, but I want them to grow from it and acknowledge that it is hurtful to somebody else without making them feel like they're a piece of shit themselves, right? So I'm very proud of where I've put myself and where I'm at today. And I can go on a tangent forever about me and and how proud I am about myself, really. And I didn't want to make this all about me. So I hope that those questions here, I'll, I'll read them again so that you can kind of look inward for if you guys want to do this type of thing. So again, the first question is what is what have been the most meaningful moments in your life and why? So ask yourself what's been meaningful and why it makes you feel that way. And that could probably help you find a few. Um, what moments did you feel least satisfied? So things that wouldn't be your values. is Like what has made you feel bad or what you want to stand up for can come from that question. What stories inspire you? You know, what, you know, it could be creativity. It could be honesty. It could be fashion. You know, it could be a whole bunch of things. But just look at what makes you want to keep doing what you're doing and what what you think aligns with that. Number four is what makes you angry. I'm sure that whatever makes you angry, you want to stand up for. You want to go against. You want to beat the crowd. You want to be a better person coming from what makes you angry and how to fix it. The next one is what you what your ideal world would look like to you if you could fix the world in a way that you want it. What would that look like? And lastly, the one I just answered was the accomplishments that you're most proud of. And those are the six questions that can really put you in a space to know what your top core values are or your top 10, whatever that may be. So with that being said, I'm now going to move to the last section that is kind of my favorite because I love talking about my students and I love talking about the job that I do with them and how we shape these youths of the world. So I've been doing this thing with my students forever. You know, I kind of, I don't even remember, I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes. I have worksheets to fill out and have kids talk about what they value and what that makes like, but I, I definitely said character traits. What are your character traits and why? But I really like to go inward, especially when they come to my office to kind of help them and model confidence for them and reminding them of what matters and what doesn't in a general sense, like not because I don't want to push my specific values on them, but I do want to put like the most important morals and values in their brain so that they can practice them themselves or, or figure out a way that that could happen, if that makes sense. I think that kids all need to learn respect and confidence and empathy and compassion. Those are top tier in my opinion. And I think that installing that in their brains or how would you feel if people said this to you? Or how would you feel if you did, if somebody else, if somebody called you stupid, just like you called them stupid? Or would your parents be proud if you said that joke in front of them? It's the, it's the what if, but also the reputation and the confidence that you carry when you're teaching them a lesson. The sternness, the straightforwardness, the questioning, repeating it because kids aren't going to learn overnight. Even Not even adults do. We, I have to repeat this stuff to adults as well. But with kids, they're more, you know, they, they are spongy. They can absorb more than that. And I like to model respect. or like, hey, so if this teacher was mean to me, do you think I'm going to go off on them like you just did? No, I'm going to be like, all right, and move on. Just because our opinions are different doesn't mean I'm going to yell at that person to think like me. And I don't want them to yell back and make it a more uncomfortable day for me. I want to be happy. I want to be calm. I don't want to engage in that. So I try to explain them. Like I remodel the respect piece. Like, yes, I get it. Respect meets respect and they're kids. So like be mindful as the adult there when you're talking to them. If you are talking to them in a rude, condescending look down upon, they're going to talk back to you that way. Monkey see, monkey do. That had come up from kids being raised and they're going to model what you do. So if you're raising your voice, a kid is automatically going to raise their voice because they're the kid. If you're being rude to them and rolling your eyes at them, they're probably going to do the same to you because they feel disrespected. Like respect kids just as much as you would respect your fellow adults. They're more so like, so when you see that a kid is being rude, remember how you taught them for the year. Remind yourself like, oops, I may have contributed to this or that think that their parents are contributing to their behaviors and their actions and their words because they're going to mimic what they see. They don't have enough brain capacity or what is that? Elasticity to expand and become themselves, especially when they're in middle school and younger. They're not going to know how to be like, 
well, my mom yells at me, but I'm going to be calm. That's, it doesn't work that way. Or my teacher was yelling at me, so I yelled back. They're not going to... We are the adults in that equation. We have to teach them way better ways to communicate and way like show that respect to them as well. They're little humans. They're not imbeciles. They're not... They're not below us. They're with us. So let's teach them what we want to see from them by showing it. So modeling that, right? The constant correction. I think that teachable moments are so important. Kids are going to learn from those in-the-moment conversations. So if like, you heard the kid over there say the N-word in class, but you brush it off and we're going to address it with them at the end. No. One of my favorite teachers, shout out Miss Michelle, she had done that. There, She had called out racism in the moment. She, she threw out her whole class class plan and use that time to be able to teach about the n-word and be like hey like why did you just say that like now we're going to call it out as we see it and I'm pretty sure that my class or when she did that with us and the other class like if she's had to do that again we're always going to remember that of like the empathy the feeling of being called out the feeling of putting yourself in someone else's shoes she was building empathy there she was helping kids build empathy and I wish that there was more teachers that do that and I know that there is. I know that there definitely is. And like some conversations are meant to be one-on-one with kiddos. But maybe it is something that could teach the whole class, right? And I'm I'm kind of sad that this year, like we have the positivity project in our school. And I feel like we didn't do as much as, as we could have. Because the character traits and the values, like as long as you care as the adults, if you show that you care and that you're really, you know, passionate about the stuff, the kids are going to care, you know, if you're not caring, like, eh, you guys can do homework and not talk about it. Like, is that helping them? We're, we spend more time with them than their family does. So we, we can be like, oh, look at what they're learning at home. But if we're not doing anything different from what they see at home, then we're not, we're not doing them justice. We're not doing anything for them either. They're with us so much. And so what we teach them, like, sometimes they're going to go home and, and talk to their parents about what we said or what we've done. And I've gotten so many phone calls of, like, you know, like even little siblings, they're like, oh, my sibling always talks about what you said. Or parents say, thank you so much for having that conversation with them. The feedback is immaculate because that means that they're going home feeling comfortable enough to talk with their family. Or it's creating that, you know, like that, I just love it, you know, like the building. And there's going to be so much better off kids if we do that universally. Because we don't even know which kid, like even the quiet kids may be going through it and we wouldn't know. I invest so much time in like my kids that are so needy. And I know that they're going to be different, but then it makes me feel bad that the other kids are getting gypped in a way that because I've never met them or that's not being taught in the classroom, right? So always correct it in the moment and, and try to repeat it and remember that the results aren't going to be shown this quick. They're going to be shown in their future. And when a kid grows up, because you're not going to get instant results, you're going to see what their reputation and the modeling does for them as they get older. And then maybe they'll do the same. And, you know, like the, the, you know, like the power of words, right? And the way that we speak to somebody and the way that, you know, kids like to say, oh, words don't hurt, but reminding them that they do. Reminding them that they do and asking them, like, would you say this joke in front of your grandma? Would you say this joke in front of your parents? Like putting them in a space where they have to think beyond themselves because, they're very self-centered, especially when they're in their teen years. <sighs> Scary town. And they can't think outside of their own bubble of like, eh, that doesn't upset me, so that's not going to upset my best friend. Yes, it is. Or grow up, or or it's just a joke. I hate that stuff. I really do. It, it drives me bonkers, but I let them have their space to speak, and then I correct them. And I and I and ha- it takes so much patience. Sometimes I literally walk out of my room or sometimes I literally had to walk out of a room on Friday because I was literally arguing. You know, I think I've mentioned this before. Like I've, <laughs> I make sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't understand why adults argue with twelve year olds. I I caught myself doing that. I was like projecting onto kids and I was calling them out for too long, like teaching them a lesson. I had to remove myself. It took me like I know I made them uncomfortable because they were getting called out for something they didn't want to be called out for. They weren't ready for it. So I removed myself. I took a nice 30-minute step away, and I almost was crying on Friday because it hurt so bad because I work with these kids day in and day out, and then I hear them being racist and homophobic, and I'm like, what in the world? Like, this is not good. And I had lectured them, and they were being rude to me, and I just had to walk out. I didn't want to yell at them. I didn't want to raise my voice. I had to walk away, and it hurts. Like, sometimes they, it just it does upset you, and that's okay, but removing myself from the situation made it better. 
because I gave them space to think about it and they gave me space and then we all said I'm sorry and I hugged them and they went to they went you know they left for the weekend and I was on good terms I've corrected my behaviors like maybe I shouldn't have like doubled down and yelled at them but I was right for what I did and and it helped them learn it helped them set in and be like oof she's probably right and that was rude of us right so the teaching teachable moments the power of words the tone of voice checking yourself I check myself every day like when I walk in and I feel like I'm gonna be grumpy I let the kids know I'm like hey guys like I'm grumpy right now give me a minute and then I'll talk to you guys because I don't want to be overwhelmed when all of you come in here to say hello and I want to take space before I just react and I've gotten so good at that I'm so and I just love that part of me that I'm able to think in real time before I speak or say something stupid or rude and I breathe but teaching each day to align yourself and and be authentic and be my real self like aligning my values and teaching kids how to do so and I I even think about sometimes I think about you know having like conversations with teachers too and other people and like spreading the wealth of knowledge that I have and help them want to look more inward and help them want to also figure out what they want to do and what what makes them them in each phase of life because who knows in the next 10 years like when I'm in my 30s my late 30s I might have a whole different set like family might become more important because maybe I'll have one you know like it's it it moves with you and I think that there's always good checkpoints each year or twice a year to see where you're at mentally and what you've been teaching what you're what you want to change what you want to be better at and it makes you a better human and people will want to be around you and and have so much respect for you when you're yourself at the end of the day, I want people to be like, yes, I love Courtney because she is so fully herself. It's not even funny. I think she's goofy. I think she's this, this, and this. And I want people to feel that way about themselves too. We don't compliment ourselves enough. We don't compliment each other enough. We don't spread love everywhere. And I think that's all we have to do. It's really that simple. And I, I've also been realizing that the more I go, the more hippie-like I've become. But it's such oh, I wish I was in the 70s because it's just so peaceful to care and love and just chill so much different out there anyways as I do I'm like I'm always so impressed because I just tangent and then I get to the end of talking and I was just like wow I just talked a whole hour straight so yay for me I hope that like please ask questions like ask like I can send you more references I can send you ways to find I can send you quizzes I can help you find therapy I can do whatever you need I love helping people as I said service is so important to me and I'm here for you if you listen to me Thank you so much. It makes me feel so fulfilled when I hear that people are listening. And hi, kiddos. I know that you found it too. So please let me know if you have any questions or you want to have any comments or you want to reflect together or you want to have a nice big life conversation. Hit me up. Reach out to me. And we'll keep this going. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Grow Through What You Go Through. Talk to you next time. Bye.